What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Islanders country, hello. This is the Eyes on Isles podcast powered by the Fansided Sports Network. I am your host, Joe Bono. Follow me on Twitter at IslesFix and subscribe to our Monday through Friday Islanders newsletter. And joining me once again, our full-time recurring guest, someone who's never out indefinitely, but maybe week to week, Mr. Andy Francis. How are you, sir? Oh, I've been week to week since I was born and I still am making it out there. Actually, believe it or not, feeling under the weather a little bit this these past couple of days. You ever sleep with the fan two inches directly from your face, like directly in front of your face, and then you just wake up with a sore throat and you just say, "Well, I guess that's what I get." If I mean, if the air condition was maybe not functioning, I might resort to that extreme uh, course of so action. So during the winter, during the winter, you just sleep under the covers, no fan on, nothing. It's freezing, and I don't. I'm not in Florida like you. It is cold in the Northeast, and you got to keep those oil bills in check. So you got to have it around 64, 65 degrees at night. Respect you, and I'm having. I got the long johns on. I got the thick socks. (laughs) Kids are freezing. I'm like, we're not putting it at 70. Previous statement rescinded. If the family's willing to bite the bullet, then I am very proud of you, and you do it the right way. But, All right, well, I'm uh, sorry that I'm sorry the fan did that to you. So you're week to week, right? No, now. I don't know if it if it was that or a little traveling. I went to, you know, that another you, wedding. You, you do, but did I tell you about that South Carolina wedding? Super Bowl Sunday uh, weekend. Yeah, yeah. South Carolina uh, wedding. Yep. And then I did some more traveling. So it's just, uh, I don't know, maybe that. And then I never really sleep that much. So I think maybe those Same. in control. But the funny thing is, and I, I take it personally because. I really get sick like once a decade and I don't like in the last couple of months, I think there's been like one and a half sicknesses I've dealt with. So I don't know, becoming somewhat alarming. Who knows? Maybe the next time I start going bald. (laughs) 
Well, uh, then we're going to be on long-term uh, IR if you, if you go bald. So <laughs> injuries are mounting for the Islanders. The sicknesses are mounting for Mr. Andy Francis. And I want to get kind of, you know, what was your immediate reaction? I don't think it was a total surprise for everyone when we learned that Barzell was out indefinitely and then later changed to week to week. You know, that injury where he, you know, he kind of looks awkward. He can't put any weight on it, leaves, come back, comes back, tests it out in the ice during a TV timeout, then can't come back at the game. It felt like it wasn't going to be something he was going to be ready to play on Monday. What was your first reaction to hearing that news? Um, I guess the straw that broke the camel's back is not the right uh, term. But my mindset has been different than most people's mindset for quite a while now. So like while other people are trying to just come up with all these permutations and combinations where this all ends with a happy ending, you know, just like I told you last week, I'm not shocked when they lose to Vancouver, not shocked because their level of inconsistency has shown you that like, there's nothing to expect, but the unexpected, you know, prior to this last game against Pittsburgh, I believe they conceded 23 goals in their previous five games lost three of which to non-playoff teams all in what was supposed to be quote-unquote must-win games so to me Barzal being out of the lineup was just kind of going to expedite the inevitable in my personal opinion but what is what is the inevitable for you just not making the playoffs uh, don't make me, inevitable? yeah the problem is I don't want to say it because like I I, I I have enough uh I have enough people who treat me like a villain on here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Detractors, you know, I'm, I'm forgetting words by the year, by the way, I used to be relatively intelligent and it's just being shaved off one year at a time, but that's what I get for not uh, reading enough. Too much, right. Too much writing and talking about my AP English. My AP English is still carrying me through. That's a beautiful thing. But the reason last week I wasn't doing all the point that was trying to go up and down is because it all stems back to the defense that hasn't changed all season. And even in these quote unquote must win games, it's remained as Swiss cheese ish as ever. And I'll use that as a verb. Uh, take that to your a Swiss, Swiss, Swiss cheese ish as a verb. Um, but they've been adjective. Yes. Hold on. But didn't I use it as a verb? <laughs> no, uh, I use it as an adjective. Swish, swish, swish. Yeah, I described defense. the defense, but, but I, I don't even remember what I said four sentences ago. But this is good. We need me. We got to keep up. that fan about a good three to five inches away from you tonight. This is this is not off to a great start. The worst start ever. But this isn't good because we <laughs> we know what we're about to stumble into. How about this? Maybe I can blame it. Do you hear my voice? You mm-hmm. can blame. I don't have a lot of circulation going. I'm feeling under the weather. I'm sweating. I I'm I made it out onto the field right now just so that That's you didn't true. have to mm-hmm. float out here solo. We wouldn't want that to happen. No, we wouldn't. So I'm I'm giving you I'm giving you what I got. What's left of my brain cells. Okay, this is the this is going to be a perfect episode for those quote unquote detractors to have their field day because we already know they started last week. But for me, I thought, well, just as the point projections currently suggest that the Islanders would find themselves on the outside. And the one thing that I thought the Barzell injury and still has the ability to do is knock them to a point where they can get that first round pick. But obviously, because. We all know where this is headed because we're all in for some misery, as uh, we were all always destined to do. We're going to finish right outside the playoffs and lose the first round pick. It's gonna be it's gonna be a rough stretch. 
So when 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 the news first came through, I think myself and everyone else, or not everyone else, obviously, but a good portion of us were thinking, okay, if Barzell's out for the year, which out and definitely is code for, because um, it is that case for Clutterbuck <laughs> and Wallstrom, then should this not provide clarity to Lou Lamarillo that the assets that the Islanders have, of which they're not amazing assets, it's maybe Varlamov, Mayfield, maybe Parisi, if he would want to go, which I think is unlikely. I think probably they just want him back at this point. He's played every game uh, with the Islanders since he signed. He's been their Iron Man and still has plenty of gas in the tank, um, as as has been on display the last couple of games against the Penguins. That maybe the the fact that you can't expect this team to make playoff noise without Matthew Barzell, and then that would lead them to make a decision to say we're going to sell for a few pieces. It's not going to be a complete tank. You know, inserting someone to take Mayfield's spot and having Sorokin play 85% of the games anyway, not a big deal. And then you see what happens. And at worst case scenario, maybe you're able to get a second and third round pick. Maybe even someone, if their goaltending situation changes drastically, you're able to get a late first round pick. But a lot of people felt that was not clear and that they wanted to just say, why give up? play these games out, see where they are in four games. Maybe Lou wants to be a, f- a buyer five games uh, later, which I don't think you can rule out at this point. And then especially after they change the designation to Barzell to where he's week to week. So now it's like, well, if he's got a chance to come back during the regular season, do you want to go ahead and make the playoffs? So I see you've been talking about that all week. And I think you, <clears throat> you've been losing some sleep over people going back and forth. And unfortunately, you knew you were going to learn eventually who those people was I was referring to all season. They, they don't use a chess approach. They don't use force. To, it's immediately right in front of me. Give me the big sandwich. Give me Bo Horvat. Now trade for the next thing. Just, just mowing down going forward. If you make the playoffs and get into that, what, eight seed? Well, what? they're in the seventh seed right now, Andy, technically, with the asterisk. I, mean, I know that's the that's the spot you want. It's just Top ridiculous. wild card. Yes, that recording. is the spot that I want. If we were able to get the top wild card, at least you can say, all right, the path. But just say to yourself out loud, look at the defensive core. You have to win four rounds in the playoff. Look at the teams who you have to get through. What? What has this team demonstrated? Because now at least it's finally understood. Remember when you tried to say tough out in the playoffs? It's the opposite of a tough out. They hemorrhage chances from game one straight to this week. Mm -hmm. So they're not a tough out, and they haven't demonstrated an ability to get through tough. They lose to every single tough team that they play. Like, truly tough. Like, you see what happened when they played Boston? And I don't want to hear this back-to-back nights nonsense. We've been seeing... Only had 22 and a half hours, Andy. 22 and a half hours. Okay, so did Detroit, as they traveled west on a long trip and had to play uh, Edmonton and Calgary back-to-back nights, and they beat the both of them. So, I mean, we've seen tons of teams on the second half of back-to-backs play well. But regardless, I mean, you're dogfighting with these teams to get a matchup with the Bruins, who are on an historic pace and have just outscored us what uh what is it like 15 one in these last two games what was it we lost four to one and and what did we lose that one six six two two. or something i I put out a poll non-scientific poll um after the bruins loss which was would you rather make the playoffs or be in the draft lottery 
and the draft lottery was winning out right into the last maybe four or five hours, and it ended up 52% make the playoffs, 48% draft lottery. And the thought process was around the idea of what is your reward here? You're going to be the eighth seed and do what exactly? And people want to point to Columbus beating Tampa. You know, the Kings won those Stanley Cup as an eight seed. I can go back to even the San Jose Sharks winning as an eight seed once upon a time when I was a young guy. But what's realistically say that? going to happen? Did they use happen? those excuses? Please tell me they use those excuses. Yeah, of course. Okay. So, no, no. So then, so then, at least, at least, okay. We had that little part of the episode where they had their laughs. I mean, now let me have some laughs at that. Okay, we can be like the Columbus Blue Jackets, who, who, who sent away future draft picks, top draft picks to bring in two players, and then they did the unthinkable and swept the Lightning, only to lose the next round to the Boston Bruins. And then the LA Kings, who were favored to win their division before the season and traded for two all-stars before the deadline, and a team who was supposed to be one of the best in the West before the season started, then found their stride and added two stars. And yes, there are no parallels between those teams and these ones that you're talking about now. When, when have the Islanders demonstrated that they can be one of these teams? And when you were when you're talking about those eight seeds, the Kings did not have to get through an all-time best number one seed like the Islanders would have to. Followed up, the, the the closest comparison would be those Blue Jackets, and the Blue Jackets had the style of coaching that can screw a good team. As the Islanders fans have learned these last couple of years, good defense screws good offense. And now we're going in there without that trots approach. We literally would win one game max against those teams. Well, it's funny you bring up the one game max because I wrote about this in the newsletter in terms of the Islanders history in eight seats. Because like, what's more realistic? What's more likely to happen? Because we won't talk about 1994, but Islanders got waxed by the Rangers. And I remember being like 13 years old or 11, whatever I was, and saying, Islanders could beat the Rangers, you know, <laughs> in that round in 94. It's like 6 nothing, 6 nothing, 5 2, 5 2. Horrible. Um, but 2003 against Ottawa. Yeah. Five one games. game one, lost to four in a row. They split the first two. 2004, same thing yeah. against Tampa Bay, split yep. the first two, lost two games at home, lost in five. Buffalo 2007 after the Ryan Smith trade, making it as an eight seed. You split the first two games, lose two games at home, lose game five. And then really the best eighth seed experience was the 2013 team where they went to an overtime in game six against the Penguins when Marc-Andre Fleury couldn't stop a beach ball, but either could Evgeny Nabokov and they lose that highly competitive game. But even though it's different now, I think, Andy, is that you've now you've now gone through multiple years of winning playoff rounds three consecutive years of winning playoff rounds, two of them going to the conference finals, NHL semifinals. As an Islander fan that's experienced that last group, I don't get a kick out of going to the playoffs and getting knocked out in five games. When it was 2002, 2003, 2004, and you were still looking to win that first round series, yeah, I wanted to be in the tournament. Yeah, it was a big deal. Getting there and getting knocked out by the Bruins in five, for two home games at UBS Arena is not as attractive as it would be if the Islanders did not have the success that they did. Maybe some people can't feel that correlation, but in my bones and the way I'm thinking about it, I'm not going to be enthusiastic about that matchup. They're so not the they're not this little engine type of innocent team that's trying to get to a point where you can build off of. That's not what this would be if they got into that spot and played Boston. For what it's worth, I'll 
defend the people who want to make the playoffs because I'm going to assume that a lot of them are not fans for 10, 20 plus years, and they don't have a quick recollection of the majority of these series. What I think they see is before the bubble, the Islanders being essentially out of the playoffs and then getting into it and then making a run. But that is contingent, like I said, on the Barry Trotz style, the defensive style, which which can take a long break. You could, you could have a long, prolonged stretch, like when the NHL had their COVID pause, and they could come back and a system picks up quickly. It's a lot different than those teams that rely on chemistry, offensive prowess. But, you know, so I can guess I can kind of see where they're coming from, but this team is totally different. It's just sad that, Everybody has to relearn lessons the hard way. People called for Trotz to be fired, and now we've essentially defaulted back to the team that we were beforehand. You can come in now, especially with Horvat. You can find games where you score, but you're going to have a lot of those Vancouver-style games that you saw. And the only true winning formula, I got the Wild up to my left right now. They've won a couple in a row. I love the Minnesota Wild. Yes, because they demonstrate what you can do. You can be cash-strapped, paying out all these people. But if you have a team who buys in and plays defense, they, they are just grinding everybody down. And they hate playing them. For the seventh straight game, nobody has scored more than one goal in the first period. And teams get frustrated. And then in the second half of the game, Everything changes. And offensive teams, like I'm watching the Kings, they scored, uh, they are on one of their offensive strides of the, I think they've scored more than four in a couple straight games. And UBS looking, on Friday. We're looking at the second period right now, zero goals. And this is what the wild, this is how you win if you perceive your team to have less talent than others. And since the Islanders are no longer a part of that system, we're just losing like some of these other regular teams who don't play good yeah. defense. And this is going to be different. Mark my words. If they went into the playoffs, it would almost delete so many of your good memories to see them get destroyed in the fashion that they would. And then, no, yeah. And I'll no tell you what else. wins anymore. And also the, the Bo Horvat extension and to Lou Lamarillo's credit, at the time that he made the acquisition, he talked about this is a trade for today and tomorrow, and they hope they work out the extension, and within a week, it was done. In a way, that should take less – there should be less emphasis on having to make the playoffs, right? Because now you're, you're, you've now kind of created a little bit more of a core moving forward next year where would you not want to be in a better position – even if you wanted to trade it on draft day to have your first round pick next year, because you just traded the 13th, the 13th overall for Romanov at the draft, you can go into the summer with a couple other draft picks, potentially if you traded off Mayfield for Romanov and had a top 12 pick and improve next year's team. Is that not better come the summer than narrowly make the eighth seed and, you know, bow out in five games? Like, the importance of making the playoffs with Horvat now signed long term, it's it's just not there for me. I feel bad saying of it. I'm sure a lot of you were like, "How can you say that? It's playoff hockey. You just don't know what's going to happen." Did you not see what Ilya Sorokin did to the Penguins uh, last night and the way he robbed and stole that game? You have one of the world class, one of the more elite goaltenders in the NHL. Okay, oh, okay, did you yeah, not yeah. go that route? He stole that game from who? The wild card lingering Pittsburgh Penguins. What is Ilya Sorokin's record on the year? All that thievery. And look at his record. That's with him playing the most stellar goaltending of his whole career. 
So got all these different factors in my head, and it's strange because I, I fully expected them to lose, <laughs> you know, that game uh, on Monday night well, against they, Pittsburgh. I mean, they should have. And, and they, you know, 19 shots on goal in the first period. They're down 2-1 when he makes that paddle save. Uh, number one on SportsCenter, I was told, was not watching SportsCenter. Someone was. Thank you so much for telling me. Um, so that could have gone a very different way. Uh, then it ends up becoming this really, like, inspirational, gutty type of scrappy win where you looked at the bench after the empty net goal by Nelson, and it was an emotional team that felt amped and started to believe a little bit. And now I have no idea what to expect against Winnipeg in L.A. But if they found a way to win a couple of games, you can't you can't then be a seller. You can't then decide you're going to go out. So, uh, you know, I feel like no matter favor. what, they're going to – I feel like no matter everybody what. everybody listening a favor. I'm about to tell you something. It's just not deniable because – trillions of dollars are at stake and they don't make mistakes when setting this number the new york islanders to make the playoffs if you think they're going to make it and you put a hundred dollars on it you get your hundred back plus another 200 on top of that if you want to make 100 dollars on the new york Islanders, you say i don't think they're going to make the playoffs you have to put up 250 just to win $100. So all the smartest lines may, and go ahead, be that guy who goes, yeah, but uh, did you see the Giants Super Bowl versus the Patriots? Yes, in the long run, they tend to be correct. So they're saying every single betting man thinks and is pretty certain you're looking at two to one, they're not making the playoffs. So is it worth mortgaging even more of the non-existent future that we have after not drafting in the first round of the last four years, even more than that to just possibly scrape into the eight. It's not like we get the seven seed because maybe you could sell me that. Okay. Well then we play Carolina who's at playoff struggles followed by winner of Rangers devils, but getting the Bruins and then followed by the lightning, the Bruins, the best seed versus the lightning who've destroyed us twice in the play, not destroyed, but beat us twice, two straight times in the playoffs or Toronto, who is just unbelievably stacked right now. That's what you want to sign up for. Opposed to, and remember, I, I said let this team make another run at it. I thought I, the yeah, same, same way. I, the same way I mm -hmm. said, give Boston another shot, give Vegas another shot. Teams who have went far, give them another shot to prove that they still want it. Two of the three teams did. Unfortunately, we have the one who did not. And now you have to say, look, this is what happened. And now we got to take the chips from here and do the best things that we can. It's a so. lot of it's a lot of different mixed emotions and feelings. You're watching this game and it was an inspired performance. And the third period was excellent. You had a big scrum there in the end of the second period. It was exciting to watch. There was juice. There was energy. There was buzz. And, and they played well. And to see Lee and Horvat and Nelson kind of clum up clutch and Parisi, it was a great feeling. But I can't you can't unsee the previous 59 games and feel as if this team can really make a legitimate run. And people are trying to compare the Barzell injury to Anders Lee. I mean, the team, the team was in a different place on the Anders Lee injury. They were one of the best teams in the league at the time of that injury. And they needed to replace him with a power forward at the deadline. You knew they were going to do it and they did it. Um, this is, this is different. You can't find someone to, to emulate what Barzell is and does. And really we have no clue what week to week is, is week to week four. Is it six? Is it eight? Is it come back for the end of the regular season and maybe the playoffs if they were to make it a lot of that could change whatever the calculus is, but you know, you're betting man. I am not, but especially after the win last night, if you feel like if they win one of the next three, four games, they're not going to be completely out of this thing. He's not going to sell any pieces. 
And the idea I feel that like you if were we, gonna... I feel like if we didn't play those games in hand, we would because we just w- I feel like we just have this fallacy of us in that wild card spot. And, but and it, there's some of that too. Yeah, the way it looks. Yeah, you go on and you say we're in a playoff spot and you're at the top wild card position and you're not filtering and sorting by points percentage. And uh, you know, I think I was looking at you, you're looking at Washington, Pittsburgh, and you were looking at uh Florida, and then you're like, Oh, how many games in hand do the Detroit Red Wings have? How many games in hand did a Buffalo Sabres had? Oh, my goodness. Six. Yeah, it's crazy. Buffalo had six in hand. That's a 12 potential points. I mean, it's absurd. And, you know, it, like even when Barzal plays, what does that mean? Like I just said, we had lost, what, three of five, three to non-playoff teams, got killed by... What does Barzal even returning to the lineup do? Everything is contingent on the team not looking like the way they have. And you say, oh, but they pulled out that Pittsburgh win. Yeah, on a no-angle, Bo Horvat shot to tie it. Miraculous saves by and Jari, Jari and, tr- turnover. I mean, come on. What, what you guys are asking for is winning like the Powerball or something. I mean, Matt Martin's about to be on the top line, I think, on Wednesday night. Seriously. Like, legit, like realistically. It's hard, Andy. I know we're like making it, but it's hard. Like when you, you watch this team, you invest a lot of time watching these games into these players and to have these kind of weird feelings of like, I want them to win. I want them to be the playoffs, but I don't believe in them. I don't trust that they can do anything. It's a very strange feel. And the fact, again, they're not part of this kind of innocent climb Islanders where like, I remember in 2013, how badly I wanted that team to make the playoffs. I wanted them desperately, the Tavares, Oposo, Franz Nielsen guys, Calvin DeHaan, Josh Billy, to make it because they hadn't been there before. If they lost in four, if they lost in five, I was going to be stoked that they were there. I was buying game three tickets at the Coliseum, a noon start. It was going to be crazy. You can't tell me people are going to feel that way about this team. They won't. So some of the Islander uh, fans – who I know, like the people I've been friends with my whole life, they've played hockey. They kind of know the game. They're like, I stopped paying attention a little while. Cause they, they know, they know what quality is. And they just know that this team does not have that type mm. of juice in them. So like, I know you're talking about people and it's great. They're loyal. And I don't know, maybe, I don't know, maybe if they kind of watch all sports and I think, I think the less they know about the game, the better it is for them because they can just kind of hope for results. But when you look in between the X's and O's, there is a reason I told you earlier in the year, we would end up at this point if they didn't clean up all those issues, which they never ended up cleaning up along the way. It was easy to see. It was easy to see that this it wasn't sustainable and i was hoping along the way all right here we got it come on halfway point three-quarter point it never happened we never had our cars as they say and fast and the furious and that's where we are i mean that's it it's i mean late. realistically you look at the lines they're putting out and i know durando had a really nice debut Will it be sustainable? I have no idea. Joe, he was it doesn't not there matter. First. I know, but I'm just saying. Take I'm just a full lineup. I'm, I'm talking, I'm talking overall. And people that, I mean, the fact that you're going to expect a, a rookie who had a really nice debut, he wasn't their first, second, or third, or fourth pick to come up from NHL. There had to be a reason for that, even if he does have some nice attributes and he played a really strong first game. Simon Holmstrom was on the top line. He played eight minutes. There was nothing else happening there. Ross Johnston in the lineup every single day. I don't know. They just send Andy Anderhoff back down. I don't know if that means someone's coming back. Bailey uh, could be ready to come back. I don't know. Um, Still waiting on Pajot. There's just, you can't look at that lineup that they put out there last night and say, I have confidence in this. Even if they had everyone. Every single day. 
take Pajot, Barzal, Bailey, put them all into this lineup. It doesn't change my opinion I, one I, iota. But I can I can make a case that if everyone was healthy, I can still hold out hope that the last 20 games, something clicks, something changes to where they start playing it. I know you wouldn't believe it. I would at least mentally feel that way that maybe this group can get it together and be on the upswing because they've been so inconsistent throughout the year. You can't do that if you don't have the horses. Well, and the, and right now it's a combination of these things. I don't think they have the horses either. Well, there's a reason Morgan Freeman in Shawshank said hope will kill a man. And it's because you're continuing to hope for something that they've shown no signs of. You know, so Shawshank, I- that Shawshank Redemption, I had a quote in my eighth grade yearbook which was 96. So the movie was out. Like you have to have a quote at the end of the yearbook. I picked a Shawshank redemption quote. It was get busy living or get busy dying. And I remember, <laughs> I remember I said it. And then the teacher called up to me and was like, uh, Joseph, um, do you, do you know what this means? Like, what do you believe the meaning is behind this? Cause everyone else in the kid, every other kid in the class was like, life is like a box of chocolates. You don't know what you're going to get. And I'm like, get busy living and get busy dying. You know, so I had to explain, yeah, I've seen Shawshank. I'm mature at 13. I know what this means, and I stand behind it. So. Hey, Joe, I'm going to do something that we've never done before. I'm going to be the one who initiates our short little break here just so I can have some water over here. And, <laughs> All right. Uh, and quench me, my... I'll send it to break. I'll send it to break. Yeah. Andy's going to get some water. We're going to take a break. When we're going to come back, hey, I wrote a book. It's out. I'm going to talk to you about it. And we got some very, very poignant, unvarnished, podcast review criticism for Mr. Andy Francis. You do not want to miss it and hear his response. (laughs) You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast. Joe Bono and Andy Francis will be right back. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We're back. Joe Bono and a thirst-quenched Andy Francis. Eyes on Isles podcast. Fan-sided sports network. So if you're listening to this and you've had this Eyes on Isles podcast downloaded and have been subscribed for many, many years. You know that this was done by Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson for years, and they were a really good duo, and now they're doing their own thing uh, on Patreon, on the Up the uh, Turnpike podcast. So we inherited their audience to an extent, and hopefully a lot of them are staying, and we've gotten some new ones as well. But you have your you know, your ratings on the, on the channel, and this was a 47 score rating of the podcast with a really healthy amount, well over a hundred reviews in 4.7. It ticked down to 4.6 last week. And I, I saw that I said, Oh, what, what's this about? So obviously something came in below three stars or below. So I checked in and we got this response from our user zombie Zook. Now he gave us three stars and the headline. So, so, but the corresponding commentary, not kind to one of us. <laughs> Fair analysis and mostly interesting. The big problem is Andy Francis. Nobody could ever love Andy as much as he loves him, loves himself. Doubt this, 
Sit down and log how many of his takes begin with I. Vainglorious is an understatement. He is insufferable. From his time as an actor to the job that pays him so well. With him, you'll get an idea about the aisles that somehow always puts him in the position of indulgent access upon which all Long Island rotates. Well, obviously, with my current state of affairs, when it comes to my diction and lack of eloquence due to my brain situation, how's that for a quick step up in the uh, diction game? I want you to, because that was a lot to take in. It was a lot to take in for this guy. And, you know, think about this TikTok generation. If you put, oh, you know, that kind of sucked. It means you get bullied. You cry about it for years. You get somebody banned on social media because they said something. I, because I come from a different generation, I'm going to look this down the pipe. And we're going to address it one one layer at a time. So do me a favor and let's, let's break this down. Read that first sentence to me. So Zombie Zook started out with fair analysis and mostly interesting. I think he's talking uh, about so, No, no, you don't have to tell me. I just I would like you to narrate for me, please. Remember, if I'm going to be the Johnny Bravo of this podcast and I'm going to be the arrogant individual and I'm going to make everything about me, then why should this be any different? I'm going to ask you simply to narrate and I will commentate. So can you say that first sentence again? Fair analysis and mostly interesting. Fair analysis and mostly interesting. If I was to say... You know, I watched this show. It gave fair analysis, and it was mostly interesting. You know, and you had to guess. It was a, I say what the person said, and then you give it a rating. What are you going to give on that? So it looks like the contents of the sandwich were actually there. It looks like there was something enjoyable, because I've been doing this thing. So how long have we been doing it? So You know, so I really think <laughs> Two long months. something tells me. <laughs> That there was something specific I said in one of the recent episodes. That's usually how it goes. It's like stand-up comedy when like everything's hilarious until you pull up to somebody's lane and say something that affects them. And now all of a sudden they hate the person. You're the worst comedian. You should be banned like the people on TikTok who comment one half mean thing. So, okay. So let's go. So what's the second set? Let's get to some criticism here. The big problem is Andy Francis. The big problem. Well, I mean... Other than that, it's just you. So, I mean, <laughs> am I the small problem or am I not a problem at all? No, it's it's funny because it's like, what else could you really say? You know, so it's just me and you. All right, so let's go. So the big problem is me. Nobody could ever love Andy as much as he loves himself. Hey, look, there's a lot of people lacking confidence these days. There's a mental health crisis in this country. So the people who have that little confidence that remains in society, we got to hold on to it the same way me and Zach Parisi are holding on to our dear hair. So excuse me for having a little Johnny Bravo syndrome, but I grew up in a single parent household, so we have to overcompensate. I idolize people like The Rock and Razor Ramon. This is what you get as a result of that. So I'm not going to argue that, but it's better than me. Well, I don't know. Okay, I'm sorry. Excuse me. So I'd rather a little overconfident than underconfident when I'm delivering delivering some of this analysis to you. But the most important thing, I may state things with certainty. The minute you can call me a piece of trash is when none of it comes true. And if you've been listening since the beginning, like I could be one of those that you love me or you hate me, but you're going to listen to me until I'm wrong. 
And I'm going to tell you when I am. The stuff that I told you when I started here, it's all coming through. And I know how you guys are. You may call me a dirtbag, but you go back to your group of friends who doesn't listen to this podcast and you pass off my points as your own because you know that they all come true at an above normal rate, at an above regular guy rate. Let's go to the next sentence. So I don't know if he's wrong now after that. Yeah, yeah. Sit it's down a, and log I, right? how many yeah. of his takes begin with I. Vainglorious is an understatement. Okay. He is insufferable. I'll just connect those two sentences. Yes, yeah, so yes. Number one, I'm trying to give you guys drinking games here. You know, every time a show does this, I'm trying to contribute to the community here. So every time I say I, remember, there's an I in Islanders, and that's the name of this podcast. So, you know, it's the Eyes on eyes Isles. On it's the Eyes on I and I be me. And I don't know what you want me to say if I'm giving you my opinions on the show. Do you want me to just regurgitate the stat cards? The reason, that's my job. The reason Joe brought me on here, you want to know why, ladies and gents? He didn't just pick me out of a hat. He saw, you know, this guy, I don't know who this random floater is on Twitter, but he's been right about a whole hell of a lot of stuff. And to jump out of the random carnies, the same ones that he's dealing with right now, who think that it's a it's a foregone conclusion, the aisle should go all in and get crushed in the first round. These type of people, he saw all of them. There's a reason he asked me over them. And it's because of that nature. And if you want to go back, I... I just go go back on my Twitter, see Stanley Cup predictions, see a bunch of the predictions, see what I said about the Isles years ago, and you'll notice why Joe brought me on here. So I don't know how many eyes I just said there. Enjoy the drinks. The next eyes, on, eyes on Andy could be your next spinoff, I think. That's right. Um, the last one is the last sentence. It's a long one, the longest. From his time as an actor to I'm the job that pays him so well. Okay. From his time as an actor. Well, how do you think that went? I'm sitting here with Joe Bono, and it's great. It's great to talk, great guys. Time. But you want to know what I want to be doing? I want to be on the set of The Last of Us right now. But that didn't go so well, did it? So I don't know. You think I'm bragging about the thing that I'm currently not really doing unless I can wait, circle my way back to it? I'm here to you in a humble fashion saying, you know what? I ain't on the set of The Last of Us. I'm here trying to talk to you guys about the one thing that I have kind of been uh, talking about. In a <laughs> you are the last fashion. of us. You're the last one to tell us the truth. Um, and then, and then the <laughs> second half of that from the job, what is he talking about? I, what job pays me? I don't remember you talking about the job that pays you so well. I, that part, I, I don't remember that. And I'm also careful about stuff like that. I don't want people at work to know I'm here and vice versa. Okay, so I don't know why I would even trust talk me. About you weren't talking about this job. <laughs> you weren't this talking is a about job? you weren't talking about the Eyes on Isles podcast pay pay uh, pay scale. Uh, certainly. <laughs> um, okay, and it says somehow put him in position of the indulgent access upon, upon which all of Long Island rotates. And then that just let me know that the kind of nerd we're dealing with here. A regular guy doesn't say that sentence. That's just a classic nerd who is upset. But it all makes sense. The person who speaks in a relatively confident fashion, who so, claims that he knows things, it angers a nerdy type of individual. I'm sorry. I'm going to talk like it's 1998 right now. And I got tons of nerd. Me. I can tell you all the characters in Game of Thrones, video game. I got, I got buckets of nerd in me. However, I can just tell in the fashion this was written. And I always said, some, someone who you would trust to actually give you an app review would never write an actual an app review. And that's who we're going off of right here. So, so what do we want to do with uh, Zombie Zook? I mean, I don't know. 
who he is. I don't. Isn't you know this alias? This is what should we I'll invite say. him onto. That should we invite him onto the show? Should oh, come you can should absolutely. I am. I don't. I don't Go fear head to anybody. Head. I don't fear anyone, and I'm also not a disrespectful individual. I will never insult people directly. Like I'll never look at someone, make fun of their appearance, make fun of anything they do, anything like that. I am a casual heckler. Okay, the same way I've talked about the aisles. I always said Josh Bailey, I would have a sandwich with him, have a great time, go out. I'm when I'm talking about his play, I'm just criticizing what I see out there on the ice. I would never take any shots like that. If you want to come on and tell me the level of trash I am, and I will I will admit some of the stuff you say is absolutely somewhat a little bit a percentage of correct. And if it makes you feel better, I'll, I'll keep it in mind. I might just blow right through the stop sign and just continue to do what I was doing anyway. But at least know that I've I've listened to what you had to say on your iTunes review, and I'm gonna I'm gonna consider easing those brakes. So maybe this will make you feel a little bit better. And not that this has bothered you at all. I should say that. So I got a email from my cousin Vinny, my cousin Vinny, uh, who lives Jesus, down in Florida, actually now. Cousin Vinny's the reason why we're doing this podcast right now. He's the one who made me an Islander fan. He was 13, 14 years older than me. He started taking me to the Coliseum. So thank you, Cousin Vinny, or not. So he writes me an email, which occasionally we kind of chat sports this way. Been meaning to email you since the Horvat trade. First, been listening to the podcast. Very funny stuff. Your partner there is half a comedian. <laughs> so I guess that was a compliment. That sounds like a five-star review. Cousin Vinny's not going to log on to iTunes and give us one, but there you go. Via email. It's, it's, it's a real, well, you know, you got to take that with a grain of salt too. What are the odds that he would say, you know, listen to your podcast isn't really that good. No, no, but I've, I've been doing podcasts now for quite a while. I've had a couple different uh, co-hosts. It's the first time he's called anyone half a comedian. So uh, you, uh, Anytime I pat myself on the back too much, call me Barry Horowitz. He was a guy. We know Barry Horowitz. Mm -hmm. You know who Barry Horowitz is? Yeah, from wrestling. I'm a huge wrestling fan. But that's deep. That's deep. You know the jobbers too. And I respect you a whole hell of a lot more. So anytime. Mike Iron Sharp. What was his name? (laughs) Anytime I start patting myself on the back too much, you call me a Barry Horowitz. All right. right. My younger brother, Nick, is, I mean, phenomenal in, in wrestling. Follow him at Nicky the Good, by the way. I'll give him a che- uh, cheap plug, some uh, cheap heat there. Um, he runs, like, the wrestling pod- uh, social media for Barstool Sports, all the wrestling stuff. So oh, I, can't, awesome. I can't escape it. So we're still we're still big into wrestling fans. It's been about four or five WrestleManias. All right. So we talked about the level of piece of trash I am. Why don't we focus on something that's actually helpful, actually nice, actually kind, actually within the bounds of good things that we should promote? Yes. And I appreciate that. Is, that. that is something on your end. Yes. So uh, this week we released our long coming uh, new children's book, New York Islanders A to Z. Um, I wrote it and it was illustrated by Joe Morasic at Graphics Joker on Twitter. Maybe you're familiar with a lot of his work, really fabulous cartoon like images of, of different sports uh, players and, and uh, people within the entertainment field. And this was something I've been wanting to do for a long time. I've had this itch to write a children's book of some sort. I've had other types of ideas that go back to 2013, 2014 that I haven't been able to fully execute. Maybe someday I will. And around 2018, I said, "Why aren't why am I why not do a book about the Islanders?" And I knew Joe was a fantastic illustrator and would make this come to life. So we contacted each other, we spoke about it, 
And I had recognized, and maybe it was because I just had my daughter and I had these A to Z books around that there had never been one about the Islanders. So we started writing the book, A is Arbor, B is Bossy, G is Gillies, P is Poffin. It was starting to come together. We did a couple first drafts, and then I finally reached out and spoke uh, to members of the Islanders organization, most notably uh, Nick Pozzatello, whose name you might, rec- um, might, um, might uh, remember was part of the old bringing the fisherman jersey back. He was in a lot of articles when that came out. And uh, Nick helped us secure intellectual property for the book. He said, we get final sign off and we want to make sure that we give a certain amount of money to charity and that a portion of the proceeds goes to, in this case, the Islanders Children's Foundation. And we were absolutely, of course, fine with that. It took another three years to finalize this thing, um, but I think it came out fantastic. And uh, we were extremely lucky. I had this crazy wild idea that instead of having a prologue and an epilogue, we would have a pregame and a postgame. And the pregame, I reached out to Brendan Burke, and he ended up writing the pregame for it. Reached out to Jiggs McDonald. He wrote the postgame for it. Then I started thinking, maybe we'll have a first intermission. Email Stan Fischler. He gets back to me, writes the first intermission. Oh, we need a second intermission. Chris King, the Islanders radio voice, wrote that. So we've had incredible input from people you listen to and have read across your life. And I think if you're an Islander fan, no matter what the age is going to be, you're going to really enjoy not only the images, but also what we wrote about the book. And I think we did a great job in making sure that we really captured all 50 years of Islanders history. And, you know, for me, Andy, the reality is the people bringing their kids to to these Islander games now are around our age. And people that are around our, our age have no recollection of winning the Stanley Cup. And the further you go from that, it's more important that we have ways to teach the next generation of Islander fans about the team's history and do it in a fun and creative way. And that's what I think this book does. And if I was seven, eight, nine, ten years old and could start reading, I'd be devouring this book. And so I wrote that book for someone who was like me because there are a lot of uh, soon-to-be sports fanatics out there. And uh, I can't wait to a lot of the fan base to get it. Again, portion of the proceeds go to the Islanders Children's Foundation. And um, it was a really cool experience, selfishly. When it finally got delivered, you opened up the box and you got to like hold that hard copy in your hand because uh, it's something you thought about for a long period of time. So, again, really proud of it. Um, I'm going to be at the game at UBS Arena, going to be able to hand it out to uh, a number of the contributors, Brendan, uh, Chris King, Shannon, and others. And, uh, I hope you guys give it a shot. And uh, yeah, it was great. Really happy. Happy it came out. I couldn't be happier for you. I know you worked a really long time at this. And I know when you put such a long time into something, there's so much anticipation. So I don't think it's uh, <laughs> greedy at all to say to enjoy that moment where it came because it's the culmination of a long period of your time and a lot of hurdles that you had to kind of surpass along the way so i'm sure there was it was a rewarding feeling so definitely guys check that out this is a a good thing to to get involved with and and check out look joe put a lot of time and effort into this and the cause is a good one like he said it is it is turning into a weird generation we are turning the corner into that weird red Sox thing where your dad doesn't know winning and you don't know winning and it's like somebody has to teach you how to create fire again it's been so many generations in the past and i think it's a good way to uh, bridge that gap i mean the reality is you know the guys we just had legends night again for billy smith we've had it for bobby nystrom 
these guys are in their 70s. I mean, late 60s and 70s. Unfortunately, obviously, we lost Clark Gillies and Mike Bossy last year. And I remember going to games in 92, 93, the really first season I started following that team. And the only banners that were hanging up were Bossy and Poffman at the time. And not really knowing a lot about them, I just had to kind of watch broadcasts and ask questions. But I, you know, it wasn't the YouTube era where I can go online and watch something about them. Right. I saw bits and pieces. That was 30 years ago. They haven't won a Stanley Cup in 40 plus years. Look, the peep, someone who's born today and turns 10 may not be alive for another Stanley Cup. So it is important the further we get away that we're able to connect uh, with the with the generation. Even if you're our age and think, of course, Mike Bossy, Dennis, how are they not going to know about them? Trust me, the New York Giants, for example, of the 1950s, 60s were my dad's life. You probably can't talk to a lot of uh, a lot of Giants fans that are my age that can talk to you about, you know, Robustelli and Sam Huff and Y.A. Tittle and all of that. And also, kids don't watch television these days. Kids do not consume television. It's why, and this is a completely separate topic, but why romantic comedies <laughs> are cat like it's Ashton Kutcher and Jennifer Lopez in the latest one because they have to cater to our audiences because kids are glued to their phone. They watch TikTok, YouTube, so they're not likely to watch that thirty-minute show that they have before an Islander game that talks about you know the glory of yesterday. Yeah, I watched it. It's a weird time. thing. I'm telling you, I got a brother who is right in that generation. We've got a big age gap, but it gives me a nice monocle into how they think and how they do things, even when they watch games i swear to you when they watch movies and games they have their phone up as a second screen where they're texting and watching TikTok yeah I'm, we're guilty we're guilty i don't watch tiktok videos but i'm guilty of doing the multitasking thing i remember being eight nine years old and the giants won the super bowl in 1991 and i got the my dad ordered the sports illustrated year so that we got true blue giant steps to the super bowl the vhs and i put that in and watched that over and over and over again 1986 Mets, a season to remember. You had to go out and do your homework to know those teams because you were too young for it. And, um, you know, hopefully this is just one piece of the puzzle. We had a lot of fun doing the book too. And the fact that it took so long, Andy, things ended up happening. Like when we started writing the book, Islanders were still playing at the Coliseum. They weren't even at UBS Arena. So all that had to get added in. Um, They hadn't made the conference final. That had to get added in. They didn't retire Goring's number or Tinelli's number. That all got in. So the fact that it took us a little bit longer, we got to add a bunch of really cool elements into the book on these write-ups. And uh, we got every Islanders Hall of Famer in there. Everyone obviously that is a Hall of Famer. All the executives you would expect, the key owners. And we got all different elements of other key teams as well. The LaFontaine years, the 92-93 team, the Alexei Yash and Michael Pecky years. We, we touched on everything to make sure it was kind of a, a comprehensive uh, reading experience. Uh, I tell you, you just sold me. Now, I'm going to be getting one of these things. But honestly, that it is, it, is a great, it is a great idea that you spent a long time on. And if anybody is listening, I definitely think you should check it out. Any, any, it is Zomb- even, get- even you, Zombies. Uh, even you. Well, zombies. If you if you <laughs> buy that book, it's it's perfect because it's a direct, like you know, do everything that screws me. Like you know, whatever. Unfollow me because I know you secret follow me on one of your Instagram accounts to keep backdoor tabs on me. That's what you always do with villains. You know, you keep your enemies closer. 
But if you get that book to support Joe, it's, it's basically showing. But if you get it, maybe I'll take a week off and we'll bring in a special guest. But everybody should definitely check that out. And I'm not just saying that. I, I would just shut up if I didn't believe it. Yeah. But I, I know that Joe knows what he's talking about when it comes to the Islanders. You know, on the ice hockey, leave that kind of stuff to me. Exactly. But when you're History, breaking stats. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And Eric Hornick, statistician Eric Hornick, he stat-checked the book. I was so nervous about it because he said something wrong. I had him three to four times reread it to make sure all the stats were correct. So thank you, uh, Eric Hornick, of course, and the, the founder of The Skinny. So Well, I different... still don't know what my high-paying job is, but you couldn't pay me enough. My, I'm awful combing over fine details. I would never do that. And, and English and big words and vocabulary and statistics Not... and math. There was, there was, listen, all back right, in I the day, a, I went to a top 65 university. Oh, I look at this. Scored well on the, talking about a 94 GPA this, in high you, school. You're sounding a little, um, vain you know, glorious well, right now. Well, 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 if you're trying to knock me down with the carnies <laughs> on Hempstead Turnpike with smoker's voice outside of Chuck E. Cheese's and champs. No, no, no. You're going to at least have to half bump me up to one of the Hofstra carnies. I'm okay. a semi-educated carny. All right. That's well, listen, uh, this was a different type of second half of the show, um, but I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it and uh, would love it. If you could check out that book, go to at Isles Fix. Um, it's pinned in the top of our profile, probably the easiest way to get it currently or go to store.bookbaby.com and you can search for it in the in the search bar. Well, listen, Wednesday night, Winnipeg, Friday night, the Kings. Who knows? People might be even more excited about the Islanders now than they have been all season. Um expect the unexpected or just have no expectations at this point, because if you don't have any expectations, the Islanders are obviously meeting expectations and uh, they've been inconsistent all year and uh, they've given us lots of different flavors. And maybe we have a couple more twists and turns before the season is over. So that'll do it for this episode of the eyes on Isles podcast for Mr. Andy Francis. I am Joe Bono. We will talk to you next time on this country. Good night. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.